welcome to another edition, Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I am joined this evening by uh, someone who works in uh, as a production assistant in film and TV. Uh, she has spent time uh, recently working on the show Joe Para Talks With You, and she's a former circus clown. Uh, she spent time in Indonesia for seven years uh, and actually was uh, uh, a, st a TV star there. And uh, she's back here in Milwaukee now, and I'm excited to talk to her about her passions, artistry, and why she does what she does. Thank you very much, Maya Norman, for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Ben. Thanks so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. I'm stoked to have you. Uh, <laughs> for one, uh, how are you? How's your day going? It's going really well. I actually have the air conditioner on right now because it's like 80 something degrees out right now. What yeah. happened this weekend? I know, it's kind of amazing. I love it. I love the heat. Yeah. I'll take the heat over the cold. I'm like a tropical gal at heart. So yeah. I'm liking this heat wave we've got. Yeah, yeah, I am too. I know it's gonna get back into the 50s this week or at least it's supposed to, but- Oh no. I know. It's that, it's that Midwest shit. It can't make up its mind. Yeah, but spring is a doozy, isn't it? It is. Um, and honestly, it's been a fine, it's been, it's actually felt like spring this year, which I'm grateful for. It didn't just like jump from like winter and snowstorms to like, oh, two weeks later, it's 80. Like we actually had like a spring and I like that. But yeah, this week, this weekend has been terrific. Um, even just last night, I was walking around River West and like every bar had like a full like patio full of people like everyone's out and about everyone's vaxxed and everything like yeah that's so true man we're vaxxed we're starting to go out into the world a little bit more no I'm like I'm it makes me kind of nervous I'm like what like I forgot like how to talk to people you know like unless I'm doing the show I'm like I don't know what to do with myself like around people like in person you know yeah, I don't either. In fact, talking right now is hard. <laughs> I'm like struggling even yeah. to come up with a sentence right now. Yeah. Oh my God. We, we've been so like, you know, deprived of like that actual like physical proximity to people. And it's definitely a readjustment. But um, at the same time, like we can't put too much pressure on ourselves. You know, we all went through a massively chaotic and, and hard year so I'm just happy to just be able to see people and and you know just be able to check back in with people you know absolutely I can't agree more with you I love connecting with people on a real basis and so I'm looking forward to like the hugs and and spending time with people in person yeah it's oh, yeah. So important and you're right we can't be too hard on ourselves because we just came come out on this crazy adventure yeah yeah been a doozy it's been a doozy for sure Definitely. so i think that's nice to give ourselves a little bit of grace yeah yeah Absolutely. yeah yeah well my what we talk about on mr nice guy we talk love and fear passion and creativity and uh, so we've been connected on social media for a while um i think uh First thing I saw, like, was you had your, your profile picture on Facebook was like with like a bright, didn't it with like a bright orange wig? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I saw that. I'm like, she, she looks so like fun and like, Aww. yeah, look, I'm going to pull it up real quick, actually. Um, <laughs> the intern. Oh, one. cute. Yeah. The intern. That was when I was interning at today's TMJ4 at the, at the morning blend. The oh, morning cute. talk show with Tiffany Ogle and Molly Faye. <laughs> oh, nice. Right on Capitol over there. Yeah, on Capitol Drive. Yep. Yeah. Just from Instagram, like it looks like, you know, you uh, keep your life entertaining. And uh, yeah, and uh, saw that you were working in TV and uh, was very just intrigued on what your life has looked like and how you got to where you are now. Um, and we're going to talk all about that. Um but first, before we do, uh, let's take it back a little bit. So, Maya, did you, are you from Milwaukee? Like, were you born and raised here? 
Born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, my folks still live here. My brothers still live here. Um, my brother, in fact, is the owner of High Dive in River West. Well, then I probably, I might have seen you there at some point then. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, um, well, I would mostly go there for shows. Um, I, I write for uh, the music blog, Breaking and Entering, and uh, I do like show write-ups and I um, came to a lot of really loud punk shows there. Mm -hmm. uh, all while, while slamming down uh, PBR tall boys in uh, Natter Days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny yeah for sure no it's such a great spot he's like cultivated a really great piece in the music community and yeah for sure oh awesome okay well damn well that's you know small world it um, is it is yeah yeah i was sure. born and raised here i went to milwaukee public schools my whole life and then i i um I left when I was 18 and I moved back when I was 30 and I started going to MATC downtown at, at, uh, at I think I had turned 31 and I started going to school there and I, I graduated um, a few years ago from the television and video production program Cool. and started working in film and TV. Right on. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you got me up to speed pretty quick there. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Was I <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that was just so funny. It's like, oh, wow, it's pretty cool. All right, thanks for being on the show, Maya. Uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> I know, right? Just zipping through. Well, that's yeah. like my Milwaukee story. So yeah. the between 18 and 30, we can go into that. A yeah, little yeah. So where did you initially uh, go? I went out to... Um, well, I spent some time on the West Coast. So I was living in Portland, Oregon, and then Oakland, California. Um, and then I, I ran away with the circus. So I found my circus people out there um, at the Nightmare Collective where I was living in a, in a shared artist collective in um, just outside of Portland. And we, um, we built a circus together and we bought a school bus and converted it to run on vegetable oil. And then we took it on tour for about a year all over the country, um, yeah. playing shows in bars and at campgrounds and festivals and that. Did you do thing. shows here? We never came to Milwaukee, no. Yeah. And I worked with like, um, I've worked with a lot of the circus community here in Milwaukee too, back in the day. Um, before Dead Man's. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Where did your aspirations of like working in um, in a circus and like being a clown, like where did that stem from? It, I mean, I was always a theater kid growing up. And so I, always, I had already become fond of the stage and dressing up and just being involved in, in shows in that regard but then i i discovered i discovered um like performance art and and clowning during my travels and just fell in love with the 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 art of the circus i i just fell i fell really hard for for it and um I don't think I ever wanted to be a professional clown or anything. I mean, I was a professional clown like in the DIY scene in that like we would go dumpster diving and then put on a show and do busking and like do weird underground shit that yeah. was kind of just just off the wall weird or and fun. Um, but I never felt like I wanted to run away to like Ringling Brothers or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it's and circus is and like clowning is part of your heart and your and your soul. And so I know that I'm a clown in my heart forever. And that's just who who you become and who you are and who and your essence, you know? Yeah. So I, I knew that it was going to carry with me lifelong. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is, 
That's lovely. Um, I, I love <laughs> I, I You're the first person to be on here to talk about clowning. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm ashamed to say this, but I actually, I never went to the circus growing up. Uh, I've never been to the circus. Something maybe I still will do someday, but um, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it was something that I never really did either. I would come to the circus um, when it came through uh, Milwaukee, mm. like once in a while, I think my parents would take me like, you know, once every few years. Um, yeah. And it was always um, more animal centric. Yeah. So, um, which I mean, is a, that's that's a whole other ball game talking about animals in the circus because it's not uh, we don't really I don't really like animals in the circus that yeah. the way that they're treated right For sure. yeah. Um, yeah there's ethical concerns there are ethical concerns yeah yeah so so I think growing up that's just what you that's what you think. You think of uh, balloon animals and then circus animals. And um, I never thought that it was, I never thought about the magic of the circus in, in this like, in this miniature way. It was always this big um, grandiose form. Mm -hmm. So being able to create it from scratch in just this, in a small scale um, is something I had never seen growing up. Yeah. I had only seen it like the on the train, you know, big yeah. train cars and big, right. big things. So, yeah, with the massive tents and and shit like Yes, that. massive tents, the yeah. big top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of the movie The Jerk. Um, <laughs> when he be, he joins like the circus. <laughs> I don't really know. So I, I guess I don't know like how you develop like an identity as a clown. Like, do, do you have like specific things that like, like a, like, do you have like a specific kind of like persona that you had as a clown, like a clown name or whatever? Yeah, I actually, I, so it was weird. I had a persona that was like always changing. Um, I feel like I've evolved into a persona um, eventually, when I moved down to Southeast Asia to teach circus arts, I became more of a personality. Um, but I think my circus clown name for a while there was Etta Beignet. Um, <laughs> so I went by Etta Beignet for a little while. Um, I always had different makeup on. I never really established my face so much. Um, my face paint, rather. So I would do a lot of face paint. I didn't have a red nose or anything like that, but I would do like shapes and I would do cheeks a lot and lips a lot. And those were two of my, the features that I wanted to enhance were the cheeks and the lips. And I was a, a pretty clown, a cute clown. I would wear pink a lot and frills and dresses. And I, my act was juggling and hula hooping and, um, and trapeze. I did a lot of trapeze. Oh and yeah. acro balance. So two person like acro yoga. Yeah. And, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Dope. Yeah. So um, were you still in Portland when you, you like learned how to do a lot of that stuff? Yeah, so I was in Portland, Oregon at the Nightmare Collective doing like a free school um, training program with all of the other people who live there. Um, so we would just train each other and learn together and it was a beautiful community out there. So I remember learning how to do trapeze from Autumn and learning hula hooping from the girls in the Sprockettes and then doing acrobalance with my friend Rio. And we were just all, all learning and growing together. And then we wrote a, we wrote a small story about um, a raccoon and a little, like a little raccoon who lived in the dumpster 
and uh, met a girl fallen fell in love met a circus clown fell in love and then uh, we had like a like a raccoon wedding at the end of <laughs> so that was like the vehicle that carried the circus story for uh, <laughs> yeah um nice. can you make me a balloon animal maya <laughs> i don't know how to make balloon animals and i'm really bad at magic i'm more <laughs> so um i'm more so really a hula hooper and so when i lived in in southeast asia i became like a hula hoop fairy uh, you could get bamboo hula hoops that you could that they would use to make like papazan chairs like mm -hmm. those hoops you could get those really easily um and so i would and for for really cheap too you could get 30 hula hoops made of bamboo and they wow. hurt a little bit <laughs> but they work they're better than the pvc they're i mean normally we would use pvc so they're just um just a popular type of hula hoop down there but so i would give i would give them away to different different groups of kids oh cool yeah, yeah. Oh, as part awesome. of a residency that i was doing so so oh that's well, that's that's awesome that's uh some a little humanitarian uh work uh involved there um that's super yeah like it's a, it's a very valuable toy um i never really was good at hula hooping when i was little but one of my favorite things to do was like see how how high up i could throw it like in the air oh uh, i would just be like like and then like trying to catch it you know um and i would just be doing that for like hours you know like i was <laughs> i was a kid that was very amused by interacting with toys in some pretty unconventional ways um <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah absolutely what other toys are we are we talking about here like the uh, and like a lot of uh hot wheels um oh nice yeah i used to like have like wars with my hot wheels cars um what else uh also i would have it's a lot of fighting i would make my toys fight like i also we played with a lot of beanie babies i'd have them fight too. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah uh most of that kind of stuff uh my sister and i liked to play like um with the bat and ball and stuff like that too before i got hooked on video games and i would just be sitting in front of the tv for six hours you know yeah totally what brought you to southeast asia so southeast asia so my friend rio who was a circus clown with me um at the um in the underscore orchestra which was the name of our circus i realized i hadn't said before but um the underscore orchestra is now just a, a gypsy jazz band mm -hmm. that performs around the world. Um, they're amazing. But so Rio and I, after we left the underscore orchestra, she decided to do some backpacking around Southeast Asia and she fell in love with a guy from Indonesia. And so he was an artist and um, musician and he tapped us into the the art scene in Yogyakarta, which is central Java. Hmm. And so she brought me down there to do an artist residency teaching kids um, circus arts. Oh, wow. So that was really um, it was it was really fun being able to have an opportunity to go down there and have a visa and and um, do some work with some kids. And that sort of thing, but I stayed for uh, for six years in Indonesia and then another year in Vietnam. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, what was your living situation like out there? So I wound up moving into a shared house with a few different artists. Um, and it was like this compound where you have like four houses that all have a shared courtyard in the center. So we had, um, throughout the three years that I lived there, we had chickens, turtles, tortoises, cool. um, fish, bunnies, cats, and yeah. we had fruit trees, a lot of tropical fruit trees would grow in this 
like small courtyard and we had a waterfall and it was just this wow. magical place. So I stayed there for three years. Oh my God, that, that sounds like a Studio Ghibli movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm not super familiar with those movies, but. But we're just super, yeah, like you said, super magical and whimsical. Yeah. Yeah. Where like the house is, is a character. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> the right? house like be, the house like becomes like, yeah, like an animate object or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, that's, that's right. I love, um, I love films that that portray locations as as characters, like Alice in Wonderland type shit. Like Alice in Wonderland type shit, yeah, totally. Or like, um, what was the movie recently that I've seen that kind of portrays that? Um, like Knives Out. Oh yeah, yeah. Knives Out yes. with the mansion. The mansion is just, it's, or yeah. like Clue. I mean, obviously. Oh, I love Clue. I love Clue so much. And the house and the rooms, I mean, as we know, those have some sort of life to them. But in terms of, yeah, like kind of like the, the ecosystem of Indonesia. What, well, for one, uh, what, what city uh, did you live in? So I lived in a city called Yogyakarta. Mm -hmm. And it's in central Java. Okay. Um, which is an island about the size of Florida, but it has the population of three quarters of the U.S. Wow. living in this in this state of the size of Florida. So if you imagine taking all the people all the way up to Baltimore, and then going all the way west to the Rocky Mountains and down to the border of Mexico, and to put all those people into um, the state of Florida, that's how crowded it is there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so um, it's, it's, although it was a village, it has a village feel to it, um, or the city is comprised of just miniature villages um, with rice fields, rice paddies mixed in, sprinkled in everywhere. Um, it's, it's still very crowded with, pe with people. So I guess I'm talking more about the cultural ecosystem of it, but. Sure, well, I was gonna ask, like, um, you mentioned, you know, there were like the animals that you had around the place, but are there like, are there monkeys in Indonesia? I, I yeah. yeah, there are monkeys. So monkeys, um, monkeys live there. Let's see, what else? That's such a good question. Yeah, like what, like what, about... what creatures are like, what would like be crawling around uh, the, the community? Um, so tons and tons of cockroaches. Oh, geez. Like so many cockroaches. Um, a lot of rats. I guess I'm not painting it to be this beautiful picture, but I mean, it's the jungle. It's tropical. Yeah. So you're going to get a lot of beautiful birds. You're going to get, um, and then the farmers will have chickens running around. So they're called kampung chickens and kampung means village in Indonesian. So you'll have like free range organic chickens that just go and eat trash in the street basically. Oh, lizards, tons of little geckos. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, so tons of lizards, tons of big lizards too. You'll see big puppies out there that are called tokes. So they, they make a sound like, and then you're supposed to, there's like a game with that in between the toke sound, you say rich or poor. It's kind of like, he loves me, he loves me not. So oh, sure. at wow. the end, you learn whether you'll be rich or, or stay poor. Oh, wow. That's funny. Hey, that's, that's some good little uh, interactivity. Uh, yeah. So you were teaching kids um, circus arts and stuff like that. Um, and then you were in Vietnam for a year too, you said. Yeah, I was in Vietnam for a year as well. I moved there um, because my boyfriend at the time got a, got relocated to Vietnam. And I thought, well, that could be kind of a fun adventure. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a, it might be my time to leave Indonesia. Um, and I moved to Vietnam and we got a beautiful house right on the beach in Southern Vietnam in a city called Vung Tau, just mm -hmm. south of Ho Chi Minh City. 
um, on the Mekong River. And it was just beautiful. Um, but I was so like, I was so exhausted. My heart couldn't, couldn't take, couldn't take it anymore. I was so, I think I had given up, put it, put out all of my energy into Indonesia that as soon as I got to Vietnam, I was, it was so hard for me to learn the language. It was hard for me to delve into the culture. It was just became really hard. And I, um, I had a rough time. I started going through periods of depression and I, I, that's what eventually brought me back to the United States. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I, I get that. Cause I'm sure like there was a lot of like acclimation you had to do first, um, when you got to in Indonesia, social cues and stuff like that, like how are they alike? How are they different from the U.S.? So it's funny you ask because I learned one of my favorite memories is learning a lesson. And my lesson was that um, I learned how to invite people um, to have dinner with me because I learned the hard way when I paid for 17 meals one time. Oh, wow. Um, and it's just a, it was just a matter of asking, phrasing the question, do you want to come have dinner with me versus I'm going for dinner? Would you like to join? Oh, sure. So, okay. and the latter means that they will join you and they'll pay on their own. And the former indicates that you'll pay for them. So I learned, um, Oh. I learned that lesson. So there's just, I mean, language is so, it's just this big world. And like, when you crawl inside of it, mm -hmm. you learn all the aspects of culture. It's very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Where word choice is very, um, it is super uh, like crucial. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's true in our own languages. It's uh, in, yeah. or in English, rather. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, because I I took some I minored in communication in uh, at UWM, and we learned about like um, how there is sort of like a, a broad range of like um, implied versus like intended meanings um in different cultures and how the way yeah like how the way like language um like structures and word choices and stuff like that and also nonverbal cues too like all vary across the board and um and that's why I, I just had someone on the show recently where we were talking about like if if you are going to like be in another country and experience a different culture like we as Americans are just so, we are so ignorant about so much of the world and uh, like how we are perceived as Americans to the point where like, like we don't take the time to like learn about the culture that we are about to enter. We Americans are very entitled and we just expect like the world to adapt to us and like our, our norms are like, uh expected to be like uh catered to but really that's just yeah. not the way things work and uh, and a lot so a lot of americans like go into other countries and say and do really dumb shit or they get confused really easily or they you know god forbid find themselves in trouble so like it's really important i think that we understand these uh cultural and social differences um if we're going to travel, especially for long periods of time. Absolutely. I think you nailed it on the head. Like we need to be ready to just learn how to turn ourselves inside out all together and learning how to, how to eat, how to sleep, how to use the bathroom yeah. and doing all these basic needs just doing them in a completely different way and you feel like a baby again you feel like you're just like that's your growth is how to greet people 
how to greet people, how to just, how to do the basic things that we take, that we, that we do all, all the time. Yeah. And you just have to become a, a clean slate and move forward like a child. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very humbling and yeah. it, has to, it has to be. <clears throat> um, so how did you get involved in the, uh, the TV world while you were in Indonesia? Right. So I actually, um, that's such a funny, it's so weird to me that I did that, that I was like this TV star in Indonesia. It's just so weird to me. Um, but I met a guy, a camera guy um, at a bar down there and he brought me on to uh, the very next day he brought, he introduced me to a director and I said, well, I'm a clown. I'd love to uh, work with you somehow. And the next day I was on TV on like the Saturday night live of Indonesia. And I kind of blew up overnight and I did that for three years um, working as a freelance like performer. So I would do TV shows like travel documentaries. I would do game shows, um, kids crafting shows, all sorts of different celebrity shows I was on. Um, and here, let me see if I have an image, if I can figure out how to change. There I am. <laughs> on TV. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's there sweet. is that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a lot oh. of makeup, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it is. And there's uh, another one. All right on. So I would do I would do um, different shows that they booked me for, and I did it for three years, just bouncing around, being a personality. Wow, <laughs> that's something. Um, yeah. did, you have, did you have instances where you were like recognized in public? Yeah, absolutely. I I would, and I would write autographs, and people would recognize oh. me. And yeah, it was it was wild. It was a wild ride, and I missed I miss the um, the artistic opportunities. I do miss the hustle a little bit because you have to hustle big time um, for work. Um, because I'm hustling now for work anyway as a PA in the film industry. I have to just constantly be hustling jobs anyway yeah. so I um but I I I don't miss certain aspects of being on television which is why it that's what launched me into wanting to do more behind the scenes so sure. cool okay so so how long have you been back in the states now I've been back now for seven years Okay. It feels like a really long time already, but seven years, yeah. Sure, yeah. That's how long I've been here too, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm from Illinois. I grew up oh. outside of Chicago. Oh. Yeah, I came here for school. Oh, nice, to UWM. Yeah, and uh, I'm still here. Oh, congratulations, uh, we love having you here. <laughs> I'm just hanging out, you know, just drinking beers and uh, going to shows and having a good time. That's awesome, yeah. Love, yeah, I, I do love Milwaukee a lot, but. So when you got back here, like, I take it, you know, you probably visited a couple times, like while you're still living in uh, Southeast Asia. Yeah, I think I came back twice uh, for two weeks at a time, mm -hmm. yeah. Did, did anyone come visit you while you were there? Yeah, a lot of people did. Well, Jason came to visit me when I lived in Vietnam. Oh, it um, He came there. Um, a lot of people, I was had, I had a guest room that was constantly being filled by people, by friends. Oh, damn, friends. that's awesome. That's so, the coolest thing ever. It was so awesome. Uh, it was so awesome. I don't know if anyone else, or a couple people from River West, I think came down there. Um, but yeah, it Damn. was awesome. That's wicked. They make more friends, uh, living abroad. I know. So <laughs> do I even, because yeah. when you travel, the list doesn't get shorter. You don't like tick, 
cross things off as you go to right. them. It just grows longer and longer the more you yeah. travel. Oh, I bet. Yeah, like, because I think of even just on a local scale here in Milwaukee, I try to, like, explore as many different facets of Milwaukee as I can. So, like, the dining scene, the art scene, obviously, um, but even, like, yeah, like, I like to, like, go to new parks, you know, like, I like to, um, I, I got really into, like, personal, like, nature photography and that kind of stuff, so, um, so, like, you know, I'll, like, I'll find myself walking through Reservoir Park, you know, like, a couple times a week, but, like, I also try to, like, go to new parks, too. I went to Seven Bridges for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I loved oh, it. Oh, wow. Congrats. Yeah. That's a good oh, one. <laughs> a great one. It's so good. Um, Sheridan Park is really nice, too, in Cudahy. Um, But, but that's speaking entirely within this microcosm, you know, of, of just one city, you know, Milwaukee. And it's like, if you go to another city, like you go to Twin Cities or Chicago or Madison or something, like there's so much, um, like you could find to do just in those different cities. And then you look, you think of, look at all the other places in the U.S. I haven't been yet, you know, like all the, I really want to go on a trip out west. You know, I want to go see the swath of national parks, you know. Um, but I've still, even beyond that, yeah, like I've only been out of the country. I've been to Israel a couple times. But other than that, there's just so much you haven't seen. And there's so much you always, like like you said, the list keeps getting bigger and bigger the more you go. Because like you realize how much you haven't seen. And it's all, it's, it's like staying within this microcosm, this, um, you know, this, uh, this small radius of space being just the city of Milwaukee. It's so intimidating. Yeah, it is intimidating. Um, and it gets easier, I think, the more you do it too. It's a big and world. It's such a big world. I, I love traveling so much. I, this year has been really hard for us, for all of us, for that reason, uh, for um, so many reasons, but one of them is that we can't, we can't really go places. I did actually travel during the pandemic for work. Um, I got a job working on a big film set in Oklahoma. So oh. I flew down um, and flew back up and it was scary going through, going on a plane without my vaccine yet. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I didn't get it, but, um, but yeah, um, traveling, traveling is awesome. <laughs> yeah, this, I know this, um, this summer, actually, my friend and I are going to LA, uh, for a week and neither of us have really been to LA. So, um, I, that, that'll be exciting. Um, cause I've wanted to go to LA for such a long time just to see what it's like so that's so cool that's one of the places i've never been is la oh yeah yeah well good for you working in film and tv and not going there yeah yeah because that's so idealized in that industry it is it is so that said so so you said you um went to macc uh when you got back here and you studied film and tv production mm-hmm Cool. Yeah, and that just launched my career big time. Oh, so yeah, how did it? Well, I um, I started PAing freelancing, doing commercial work here in Milwaukee, and then I wound up booking Joe Para Talks with You season two as the base camp production assistant. So that's like um, that's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of coordinating. Um, it's a lot of facilitating the actors' needs. Mm -hmm. and working with the cast and the main actors and then and hair makeup and costumes and then I wound up booking a feature film down in Texas starring Martin Sheen and Luke Wilson and so I did that for a few months and then wound up going to Oklahoma after that so and I just got interviewed for a Martin Scorsese movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio so we'll see if I get to do something oh, like that. I have a Wolf of Wall Street 
poster literally right above uh, this. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so you just wrapped up uh, filming for Joe Para Talks With You. Um, yeah, season three. Cool. So, um, so I, don't, I know he's a comedian, but I don't actually know much about his show. Like, what is the premise of his show? I know it's an adult swim. It's on Adult Swim and the premise is like, it's just a, it's a, um, a Midwestern guy from Marquette, Michigan, who is sort of like this old, he's like, his character is this like old man stuck in a young man's body. And you mm. can't tell if he's like in his twenties or in his eighties, he's got this really beautiful, beautiful like disposition about him that makes you feel like at home in a way um and he's just yeah he's so hilarious but but it's just the story of him and and his the different um characters within his community and how they how they form this little world that they live in but um and so each theme of there's a theme to each season so season um one was like um i think season one was breakfast food um season two was beans and season three is chairs so yeah i know that sounds weird but uh to base a tv show on something so mundane yeah but there's something so magical about the mundane aspect yeah. of life for sure that is that does sound super um like it's like only he could make something that arbitrary entertaining yeah exactly um, yeah that's cool that's that's that is a gift that's yeah. kind of I think that's kind of why, like, why, like, Nathan for you works so well, you know? I love Nathan for you. I love Nathan Fielder so much. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, some of the producers working on this show work on Nathan Fielder's show. Oh, dope. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, like, I just love that the comic awkwardness of, like, just how he manages to, like, make very unrelated concepts related somehow you know like in his quest to like help a struggling business and it being just so outrageous how he like pieces it together it's it's yeah there's i love shit like that so maybe i'll have to check out joe para then yeah definitely you'll have to check it out it's oh. really slow moving like the pacing is good. It's not like a slow show, but um, the the but there's something like a slow. It's like a slow burn, I guess. Yeah. Show, yeah. Just some patience, you know, to, for it to yeah. get to the chase. Yeah, and it's really endearing. It's really sweet. It's a really sweet show, and it's just hysterical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, sweet. Awesome. Um, so how is uh, how is filming season three um, since you just concluded it? How did everything go? Oh, everything went really well this season. We well, we did get shut down once due to COVID, but um, so we've had a few hiccups here and there. Um, I'm not gonna lie, but it was totally an amazing adventure and a wonderful season, and we're really pleased to have wrapped it up now. So. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's going to be really wonderful for the audience. I know it. Right on. All the cool moments in the show. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see, like, to see how it all unfolds on the cutting room floor. Or I mean, on the cut, I mean, not on the cutting room floor. That's like where I don't, that's where you can't see stuff. No, in the editing room. I, I, I just, oh, yeah. how it, how it turns out. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, that is exciting. Um, awesome. Uh, so now that this project is uh, recently wrapped up, uh, what do you have? Uh, uh, what's in store? Uh, what are what are you going to be up to the next couple months? 
So I'm actually now back on the hustle scene. So I'm trying to figure out if I can land another feature um, in a different state because we don't have tax incentives here in Wisconsin for film. So it's really hard to get filmmakers to come out here to do a big show. So we, um, so I have to travel. So I have to figure out if I'm going out of state, if I'm staying in the state and just doing commercials or if I'm doing working on indie films. Um, at the moment, I don't have really anything on the books. I'm doing a Food Network show in like a week. Mm. Um, but um, other than that, um, I'm not sure. So that's just a little weird to say. Right. Hey, you're just hanging out, you know? Yeah, it's the nature of it. Yeah. Work always comes. It always does. And that's like to have, you know, that confidence that, you know, uh, work comes when you need it. Um, that's, that's affirming. So yeah, it's, it's really hard to like network and stuff, but that's something that you have to do in this industry is, is network, play your cards, right. And then you'll get a call. Yeah. Right. And just be genuine, be yourself. And yeah. Um, and that's sort of the, um, that's the part that a lot of people just like, you know, overanalyze. Like, yeah, just, you know, you, you speak your goals into existence, um, or at least just speak them aloud and just be, be humble. Yes. But also just be genuine. Then, uh, yeah, the right opportunities will find you. And I think, uh, um, you're, uh, you're a pretty wonderful and uh, 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 fun person to be around. So uh, oh, I think. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're a clown. Like that is just so like wholesome and and cool. Like uh, <laughs> uh, so, I'm sure you know you um, you light up a room on set. So. Aw, thank you so much. You're welcome. I had a great time having you on the show, Maya. Uh, it's great to like finally like sit and chat. And um, so on our way out, I ask everyone the same two questions. Uh, the first one is Maya, what keeps you up at night? Oh my God, what keeps me up at night? Um, besides my own brain, just doing cartwheels. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh, I have to think long and hard about this. What keeps me up at night? I think I think a lot about my mistakes that I've made as a person. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes growing up and as an adult. Um, and I know that that torments me a little bit and I have to resolve a lot of that and I have to move forward, but I, I need to do some, uh, I need to do some work there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's too selfish of a, of an answer, but. Oh no, that's a perfectly valid answer. Um, and I, I, that gets me down too. It keeps, I wouldn't say it keeps me up at night, but it definitely keeps me, uh, keeps me on edge throughout the day. Um, yeah. Generally, I sleep pretty well, but I still beat myself up over things very easily. Um, being in therapy helps. Yeah, my therapy doesn't really work that much, to be totally honest with you. I think I need to find a new therapist. <laughs> that could be the case, too. Very well, yeah. I don't know. I haven't really gotten anything out of therapy, which is a bummer. Maybe I'm just not a good patient. I don't know. <laughs> well... Sometimes it takes a bit to find the match, the right. Uh, I think so. I think that's totally it. Sure. Well, on the other hand, Maya, on a lighter note, what puts you to sleep? Oh, my God. What puts me to sleep? Yeah. Besides the shot of whiskey? Uh, <laughs> uh, you drinking Tully? I do drink Tully. I like yeah. I, I like JMO still. I'm still on the JMO train. I like Powers. I love powers. I drink I like a lot of, I'm a beer guy. Oh, you're a beer guy? Normally, I, because like I've been so like the last couple of years since college, like I'd just be, I'm pretty poor. So like I was mostly just drinking hams. 
Um, still drink a lot of hams. Uh, but I just bought a case of Miller Lite and uh, a case, uh, case of, um, I've been trying to buy more crafts just because I have more money now. Um, so I actually uh, bought a, a uh, it's a milkshake IPA. Oh, nice. Super good. It's a founder's beer. Uh, yeah, it's made with, uh, it's brewed with milk sugar and it's become one of my favorites. Uh, I'm probably going to have a couple later tonight. Um, <laughs> nice. I love a founder's milkshake IPA for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know how good they are. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I like beer myself. So right. awesome. Yeah. Like. Last night I had, uh, I was at a friend's bonfire and uh, we had some Goose Island. That was nice too. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely got to get out to more of the breweries in Milwaukee, some of the craft spots that have opened up in the last couple of years. Oh, 100%. I know. And there, you can get cheap deals too at those places. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Maya, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, uh, thank you so much for having me, Ben. You're welcome. Really you asking me, and it's been just really nice being able to get to know you. Hey, likewise. Um, I definitely hope uh, we can uh, bump into each other uh, sometime soon. Um, That'd be great. Over a beer and a bonfire, maybe. I would very much love that. Um, are you in a place that allows bonfire? Like, can do you have like a backyard? I do. Oh. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I'm coming over with a case of beer then. That's perfect. We'll do it. We'll yeah, do I'd, it. Love, I'd love that. Um, for real. That'd be for great. Real, for real. I know. Uh, for everyone watching, I'll be, uh, yeah, uh, I will be tagging a link to um, some of the stuff that Maya has done. Um, check it out. And also, uh, this is my last episode for a while. Um, it's time for me to take another break. Uh, I will be back in about three months and uh, well, by the time this is out, it'll probably be sooner. But my point is I'm taking a little break from uh, recording new episodes and uh, wanna thank everyone who has supported the show during these really chaotic times in this past year. This Mr. Nice Guy has literally gotten me through this shit, uh, getting to talk and reconnect with people and um, yeah, so uh, next time you see the show, it will be in person. So uh, thank you for watching, and we will see you soon.